This is a podcast by Lumina, the perfect space to innovate, collaborate and grow in health, science and tech. Dr. Hal Rice, welcome to Health Tech Talks. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Hal, you're a medical doctor and you've established the Innovative Neurointerventional Department at Gold Coast University Hospital. You're the founder of QScan Radiology Clinics and you're recognised for bringing international medical conferences to the Gold Coast, generating millions of dollars in revenue for the city. And in the last couple of weeks, you've been named Gold Coast Australian of the Year. Massive congratulations, Hal. Yes, look, it was a a big honour and, and to be honest, a big surprise on the awards night to be selected. Um, There were amazing candidates, so it really is a huge privilege. Uh, I think it's really nice, the recognition that um, not just myself, but my team who work tirelessly to provide the service we do here locally to the Gold Coast, uh, Gold Coast Uni Hospital and in the Gold Coast Health and Knowledge Precinct here. um, I think it's great recognition for the whole team and really health in general. There's, you know, thousands of doctors, radiographers, nurses uh, working tirelessly around the clock, keeping the city safe and the tourists safe as they come through with their various health conditions. So really, it's, it's not a ward that, uh, that I see taking myself. It's really sharing with uh, the whole sort of healthcare community. And how you've had a really outstanding career. And one of the many reasons you were recognised and your team recognised is the incredible work you've done in establishing an internationally recognised centre for stroke diagnosis, treatment and research at Gold Coast University Hospital. What are the benefits to patients, doctors and the medical industry in this work that you you have done? Yeah, again, it's a huge team effort and and I'm only one part of the team, but the key area that I'm involved in is really the treatment of strokes. So really in the last 10 years, the the treatment of these very severe strokes. So uh, just for people listening, a stroke is generally caused by a blockage of a blood vessel within the brain and that reduces blood supply to a critical area of the brain and and then the patient will present with weakness on one side of their body or difficulty talking. Uh, And what we've found in the last few years and, and since 2015, where there are a number of large international trials that were published and we were involved in one of those trials in 2015, it showed that if we physically went into the brain and into that blood vessel that's blocked and unblocked that blood vessel, we can get an amazing result for the patients now. It is very time sensitive, so what that means is we have a whole team that are on call 24-7 and at 2 o'clock in the morning uh, are in there uh, saving these patients. And now, not all patients are ideal candidates for this treatment, so then we use um, really high-quality imaging, so CT scans in the emergency department at the hospitals to really triage and work out which patients are, are best and optimal for this treatment. But it really is a wide range of patients from you know 15-year-old children uh, right up to patients in their 90s. Everyone thinks of stroke as being an elderly disease, but we do see a lot of people in their 40s, 50s and 60s in the prime of their life. And they may be at the gym or going for a run and, and they unfortunately then get a blockage in one of these blood vessels. And unless we're able to do something about it, um, the patients either don't survive from the stroke or are left severely disabled. And, and unable to care for themselves or, or return to work and, and their normal daily activities. So it is a, a massive thing and, and it's great that we have this service here on the Gold Coast. And how you said there about a 15-year-old, is that rare for someone It is that rare, young? yeah. Look, it is rare, but it's one of the things that we see from time to time, you know, several times a year, you know, children do get strokes, but, you know, thankfully it's very rare yeah. and it, it's more, more the adult population that we see. And how, what has the flow-on effect been for the Gold Coast and Australia from this work? in stroke diagnosis and treatment? I think internationally the prevalence of this form of active stroke treatment has really flourished you know since 2015 and like I keep saying it's not just our own work here we're part of a a huge international community and a national community what we're seeing is there's very similar services being set up 
uh, in many different countries around the world. Now, there's lots of countries in Asia Pacific where they're not fortunate to have the equipment or the expertise. So one of the things we're passionate about here at the Health and Knowledge Precinct and at Gold Coast Uni Hospital is prior to the pandemic, we had a lot of these physicians from Asia Pacific neighbour countries who would come and learn from us, uh, watch us operate. We'd teach them some of the techniques that we, we use for these things uh, in treating brain aneurysms, but also stroke. And then they're able to take these back to their country and, um, and treat their own patients. And what about the use of the equipment? because I imagine they may not have the same equipment that we have. So how do they go back then and use that knowledge and skills? It's amazing what they do with the equipment they have. So we're really privileged here. We have the best of the best. So it, it really you know, gives us a lot of confidence. We can see when we're uh, in somebody's brain in the blood vessels, we can be very precise and very accurate. And really the success of what we do relies on that. But one of the things with some of the developing countries, yes, they, they don't have the equipment that we're privileged to have. So uh, one of the things with us training is to show them, you know, the technique when you can see it very well. Uh, and then it means also if you've learned that by seeing well, when, you, when you're not seeing so well, you, you're able to sort of uh, understand what's needed to be done. And of course, a lot of these countries are investing in, in equipment uh, in some of their major centres. So it is uh, you know, a really important piece of work because as they establish their services with less high tech equipment uh, and then they're seeing the good results, they're, they're, their own countries are investing in the infrastructure and the hospitals to then uh, get the sort of results that we're getting. How you've been pivotal in showcasing the Gold Coast to a global audience through the many medical conferences you've organised over the years. What's been the impact from this for the city and the local health industry? Yeah, I think it's twofold. One is, of course, the, the benefit to the community uh, from an economic point of view. So when you're having people travelling and, and my colleague Letitia de Villiers and myself were the co-organisers of the World Federation meeting in November 2015, where we had 1,200 physicians from all over the world, so literally from... Asia, Africa, United States, Canada and, and all through Europe uh, descend on the Gold Coast and, and it was an eye-opener for them because uh, many of those uh, physicians would look at the Gold Coast as being a touristic, as they called it, uh, location and they really couldn't see you know, how we could have this amazing geography, beautiful beaches, beautiful hinterland and also have this amazing health service here so they were quite jealous and, and so that was uh, you know, one thing they, they really um, felt privileged to be here and there was a big economic benefit to the city in, in having that. Uh, and then the second thing is it just raises the stakes and, and the reputation of our own services here. So what we're trying to do, and, and then that leads to then obviously physicians visiting our service in, in the, the subsequent years since 2015. And, and that's been a big part of really our education program that we've able to instigate with our colleagues in Asia Pacific countries coming here. And I think, you know, having having the reputation of having hosted that meeting is, is really um, a major thing for for our city and for our service. Hal, you could say you're an ambassador of Australia's health industry. Why are you so passionate about bringing international perspectives to Australia's health industry and more specifically here to the Gold Coast? I've seen over the years what that does as far as um, leading to investment and reputation and also the progress of your local health industry. So if you're just isolated and you're practising in a bubble, um, it's very hard to then you know integrate 
operate, the latest technologies, and, and ultimately what we do is all about the results for the patients. We're not doing it for any other reason, but if we're part of the international community, both on a research point of view uh, and a teaching point of view and giving back, um, there is a really uh, strong growth aspect to your own uh, service. And ultimately, um, you know, it's the reputation, as I said earlier, of the service nationally and internationally, which I think is important because it helps us attract and retain people to work in the service. It has lots of flow-on effects in research and development. We have most of the multinational companies who want to uh, be here. A lot of them have moved to the Gold Coast because they can see that uh, what we're doing, particularly our plans in the Health and Knowledge Precinct, really uh, ticks a lot of boxes for them. And really the vision that I've got for this area is that we can really establish a major biotechnology hub here at the Health and Knowledge Precinct as a legacy following the Commonwealth Games. And it's an amazing facility. We've got this great greenfield site, which is adjacent to two major hospitals, GCUH and Gold Coast Private Hospital, adjacent to an incredible university at Griffith University. And really that collaboration all on this precinct is, is just an opportunity too good to let pass. And really what we're hoping is what we do inspires other colleagues in other fields of medicine, other areas of biotechnology to really push things and develop this uh, this whole new industry as far as you know creating new jobs, creating exciting new technologies, which ultimately is going to benefit patients here locally, but also internationally. You were talking then about the many relationships that you have globally uh, as a result of the work that you do bringing people over for conferences and other international relationships. Has that been helpful during COVID to have those relationships established? It really has because obviously during COVID and not just in the health industry, in in all areas of business and research and and development, everyone's learned how to do everything online. So uh, online works really well, um, but I think it works best when you're dealing with people you already know. So people you already know. So if you think about you know, talking to family members, it's it's fantastic. It's just an extension of being there. Talking to people you don't know is less familiar. So for us, having um, a good reputation internationally and knowing many of the key players all over the world, whenever we're giving talks or in conferences or, or speaking uh, online, it, it really is just a really nice positive experience for us. So we're opening up now from COVID as we enter this new phase of living with COVID. What opportunities does this present to the medical industry here? Oh, I think it's massive opportunities. You know, I keep coming back to the research and development side of things. When we look at pre-COVID, there were very set ways on how R&D in medicine and other areas of health technology was undertaken. There were key countries that were commonly used. Now, now that's all been thrown up in the air and everybody is now looking at, you know, trusted partners and they really do look at Australia as a very honest broker. They, they know that doing research in Australia, the physicians are well trained, the staff networks and, and the hospital systems are very mature and um, can be relied on. So I think that's a, a really great opportunity for us here in Australia to not exploit this, but to really capitalise on our position globally and the respect that we have. But the onus is on us to then invest in the biotechnology space, attract huge amounts of talent locally and uh, this is just going to lead to an amazing industry locally for the years to come. So you mentioned there about biotech. Are there other types of industry company that you'd like to see co-locate here in the precinct? I think there's some, you know, in our space, 
to, to give an example, even though you know our, our space is the blood vessels in the brain, that flows into imaging technology. So you know, seeing what we're doing, uh, navigation systems, artificial intelligence. So um, this this runs in all areas of medicine and also a huge other areas of, of technology. So uh, AI is a big thing. Uh, robotics is is one area we've really worked and pioneered in our space, and, and we're seeing that robotics is playing a huge part in all areas of medicine, whether it's orthopedic surgery, spinal surgery, or in our case, operating within patients' brains and, and within the blood vessels. We're getting that enhanced precision, that really accurate, uh, reproducible uh, results, and, and robotics is in its infancy, but there's a real onus on us to grow that and also train people on how to use robotics for the future. You're listening to Health Tech Talks, a podcast series delivered by Lumina. To find out more about Lumina, visit the website luminagoldcoast.com.au and sign up today to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack. How Lumina, where we're speaking from today, is really leading the way in supporting health tech startups. How do you think health tech entrepreneurs are doing locally? I think a lot of the startups obviously don't have a lot of funding behind them. They've got great ideas. And, and one of the tragedies over the last you know, 10, 20 years is a lot of these startups have then attracted funding internationally and then, then have taken their smart ideas abroad. And then those ideas have then come back into Australia to be, to be purchased. But Lumina offers an opportunity where the startup companies can start at a really small scale, they can get a small amount of space, which doesn't cost a huge upfront investment. And the other key thing is that they're in a space where they're next door to other like-minded people. So that cross-pollination between like-minded people brought into the one area really can lead to a huge flourishing industry and, and really this startup, it is the thing that they need. And what about the diversity here? Are you seeing quite a bit of diversity in the startups? I am. So, you know, and this is just in the health space, you know, from cardiac technology to artificial intelligence to all sorts of 3D printing is, is another big area which is key to what we do. And I can see that then flowing across other areas of medicine and other areas of uh, biofabrication going forward. How does 3D printing help in your work? In our work, what we can do is we can 3D print the blood vessels in a patient's brain. So Yeah. So it's amazing technology. So what that allows us to do is make a, a complete replication of, of that individual's blood vessels. So this is in the setting where there's a problem with a blood vessel, so an aneurysm, for example. What that allows us to do is to train people on fixing that aneurysm and you can do that multiple times. So when you're when you're treating a patient, you, you really have one shot to get it perfect. But on particularly difficult patients, it allows us to rehearse the treatment. So if we're worried, okay, we're not really sure is treatment A, B or C going to be the best or device A, B and C, we can go in and we can rehearse with device A and go, hmm, it's not so good. Let's try B. Oh, that's better. Let's try C. Oh, that's the best. And then that means when the patient's actually being treated, we're able to, to launch straight into, into the optimal treatment for them. And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is obviously then training people so these models we can reuse them and people who are learning how to treat aneurysms in this in this manner we're able to train them on these actual realistic actual patient models. How just in terms of the health tech startups what sort of support do you see them needing to succeed? Yeah look there's a couple of things one is a physical location so I think that's where Lumina really excels in offering those um, spaces which give them you know an opportunity to actually have a, a footprint in a physical location. Of course, a lot of the startups are using online facilities, but you know, a physical space is really important.
important. And as I said earlier, that physical space where you can cross-pollinate with other like-minded people um, is also important. But I think also what I would hope is once the, the site earns its credentials and you know funding organisations and funders know that it has a really good reputation, they're going to be coming around looking well, who's in Lumina at the moment? Who needs funding? And it would be really excellent just to see these startups pitching their ideas to investors and, and you know, people who want to assist them financially. And again, you know, having everything in the one location is a, is a key. How do you see the diversity of health tech startups here and the support that they have comparing to what else is available across Australia? Oh, look, I think there's some similar areas in Sydney and Melbourne. They have a, a longer legacy. They've been in place for a, lo- a long a period of time and of course the way they do things there is is based on old technology and old ways of doing things so they have a lot of physical buildings which are separated from each other whereas I think the whole cohort region and the health and knowledge precinct we have the opportunity where these new buildings new facilities which are, are going to be delivered and built offer an opportunity for great collaboration between different different specialties and then the other thing that's really unique is to have the university so close so you have researchers PhD students who want to get involved in projects we also have then have the clinical side of things with an amazing hospital Gold Coast University Hospital and also Gold Coast Private Hospital offering both public and private offerings which can then you know, integrate really well with startups so they can have their ideas they can uh, pitch to investors they can grow into the space that's available here and really just um, stage things as, as their company grows but then they've also got excellent access to university but also excellent access to clinical expertise. As someone who runs a successful Australia-wide company what advice would you have for startups? I think believe in your ideas because the best ideas are the unique ones so you know good ideas are not ones that, that somebody else has done you know you're just replicating some, someone else's idea so believe in your idea and, and really you know see it through understand that there's going to be ups and downs and there will be times where you find you know you're doubting your idea but if you believe passionately in it and I think the second thing is have a really good team around you you know you don't don't be an island don't be isolated have an amazing team that you work with bounce ideas off and then to that end be prepared to then integrate with other teams and other like-minded people and that's again where this whole Lumina uh, precinct is going to excel. Hal, just going back to the beginning of your career, why did you choose medicine? Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I was at school. I, I, I love playing sport and, and one of my daughters laughs because she pulls out my report cards from grade eight and, and nine and goes, oh, Dad, you got a C in, in one of your <laughs> subjects. So it's quite funny. But look, I think as I went through school, sort of grade 10, 11 and 12, I really started to think, you know, seriously, what do I want to do? And it was just one of those ideas that health looked good because you're helping people. It was an exciting area for me. I I finished school in the in the mid 80s so there were just there were just new new things coming into health and and really since that time over the last 40 years we've had this explosion in technology whether that's imaging technology with CT scanners MRIs operation technology with minimally invasive new medical treatments for cancer for immunology so it, it really has been an exciting uh, journey and it really I think the next 40 years is also going to be very exciting did you ever foresee yourself working on human brains 
No, I, <laughs> as someone who enjoys sport, my, my main idea I thought was I'd be working in, in an orthopaedic area and uh, that's really when I was a junior doctor I, th- I really focused and I thought oh, orthopaedic surgery really seemed to be something I, I was akin to but over the passage of those junior years I, it was really the emergence of MRI which appealed to me because uh, on one hand you had the orthopaedic surgery where you do an arthroscopy and look inside a patient's knee to see what the problem was but suddenly there was this technology in the, in the 90s with MRI where you didn't have to open up the knee and you could look inside the knee with a scan and see if there was a meniscal tear or a cruciate ligament tear and that suddenly woke me up to okay there's something better than actually you know looking physically into the patient and doing something minimally invasive and so that was my first step and then obviously for the neuro intervention that I do um, I trained in New York and that was sort of in its infancy at that time but it was really exciting just to see how this benefited patients with aneurysms and strokes and I really had a strong desire to bring it back to uh, the Gold Coast. And finally, what's next for Dr Hal Rice? Will you be lining up for this year's Gold Coast Marathon? It's a good question. I wish I was fit enough. Look, it's one of the things that attracted me to the Gold Coast when I was a a junior. I ran the junior division of the Gold Coast Marathon in, I think, 1983, 84 and 85 and I was fortunate enough to win that division three years in a row. So prior to that time, I, I really didn't know much about the Gold Coast having grown up in Brisbane and that was really the beginning of it for me as far as what a beautiful place and I think a marathon is quite unique and and certainly the Gold Coast uh, Marathon you know covering 42 kilometres you get to see this amazing coastal um, vista uh, over those 42 kilometres and you just realise you know how beautiful it is and and it's one of those things that you know back in that time we had a strong tourism industry but really the last 20-30 years we're seeing this amazing health industry emerging locally in the Gold Coast We've got two uh, amazing medical schools at Bond University and at Griffith University, amazing hospitals. And, and then, you know, all the other things, business, entertainment, and it really has become a very holistic city, somewhere where that you, you know, you don't need to go anywhere else for entertainment, for healthcare. For years, people used to have to travel to Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane for their healthcare needs. And it's really pleasing to see that most people are able to be treated uh, at a really high level locally here on the Gold Coast. Hal, congratulations again on being named Gold Coast Australian of the Year. And thank you very much for talking with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries. It's been fun. Thank you. To learn more about Lumina and how we work with health tech startups, visit luminagoldcoast.com.au and don't forget to sign up to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack today.